I am never trying to push shows. I don't want to do that. Sometimes it happens. Life, things are going on, holidays, and that's exactly what happened to this episode. Episode 139, man, I apologize, but we're here. We are here right now, Monday, November 30th. I can't believe it's the last day of November already. Like, it's the last day. We're in December, the last month of 2020. I'm glad, <laughs> happy to get 2020 over though. I'm not complaining about that whatsoever, but it's just crazy how fast time goes. It really is. So we need to slow down, enjoy it a little bit, at least each other, the loved ones, not the state of the country, state of a pandemic, but everything else though, I'm cool with that. Speaking of everything else, we got a lot to talk about today. That is another reason the show got pushed about two or three times, was gonna have a Friday, was gonna do it Saturday, was gonna do it Sunday, and then Monday came. The Tyson, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight happened on Saturday. Bears and Packers played on Sunday with a full NFL schedule Thursday on Thanksgiving, then Sunday, Monday, today we got the Seattle Seahawks and Philadelphia Eagles going to war right now, and then the poor Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers have had three or four different times to play, and now they're going to play on Wednesday. They were going to play Tuesday, now they're playing Wednesday, they were supposed to play on Thursday, and then Sunday, and then Tuesday, and then Wednesday. Yeah, did you get all that? <laughs> they were scheduled originally to play on Thanksgiving, got pushed to Sunday, and then Tuesday, and now Wednesday. If they don't play Wednesday, they're moving the game pretty much out of the week. This COVID-19 stuff is for the birds. It is super duper duper crazy. Also on this episode, got to have a deep dive. Jeezy, Recession 2. This is going to be the last album that I pick for a while. As we are going to dive into the Rolling Stone Top 500 Albums of All Time list. All time. All time. We're going to break it down by fours. Put up polls on Twitter and Facebook. And you let me know which album you would listen to, that I should listen to, or you want to hear me break down. I love doing it. It's cool. I love music. I want to listen to different stuff. And why not some of the best albums ever made? So we can go through it together. You help me. I give you some entertainment. It's a beautiful package. Who am I, you ask? I am Brandon Lachance, the host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I already said it once, but this is episode 139. And of course, we got a guest in on this show, Mo Pesci. Not Joe Pesci, not the actor, Mo Pesci. My friend, my bro, my amigo from SIU. I met him 2004. I met him 16 years ago. Haven't talked to him since 2010. He is a rapper, been all over Illinois. He's currently in Champaign. He was in Carbondale, where we were at SIU together. He's born in Texas, tells his whole story and more, and his love for music, what he's about, what he's doing. We got some crazy college stories in there, some troubled times, some mature times, a little bit of everything. Great conversation. I know you will enjoy. Perfect guest. He's the man, my buddy. Glad he decided to be on the show. Shout out to Brian Cavelli for the intro and outro beat. Also an SIU bro. Met him at SIU as well. And he is an amazing producer. And we got him to do the beat for Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Much love to Brian Cavelli. 
Don't know where you listen to this episode, but you can also hear us on Spotify and Apple Music, iTunes, plus the website rss.com backslash podcast backslash edge of your seat podcast. Check us out on all three of those outlets. We do have more coming soon, spreading our range. You can listen to us everywhere you want to listen to us. Let's get a word with one of our sponsors, and then let's kick this off, breaking down some awesomeness. Summer came and went. Fall is, it's over. It's over. We're December tomorrow. Fall's over. That doesn't mean there isn't time for end-of-the-year home improvements. Olsa Construction works hard to help its customers until it's no longer possible. You know, when the snow comes, when it gets cold, and you can't be outside. There's still inside stuff you can do. There's still stuff in the garage that needs improvements. Needs refurbished, refinished. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. With COVID-19 making it hard to celebrate the holidays. Thanksgiving just passed, Christmas right around the corner. This may be a good time to make your home as comfortable and cozy as possible. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815 910-5982. Check out the Olsa Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsaconstruction19 at gmail.com. Had to talk about the fight. I mean, he got to. Saturday, Mike Tyson, 54 years old. Roy Jones Jr., 51 years old, met up in the ring. Here's the tale of the tape. Tyson, 58 fights. Jones, 75 fights. Tyson, 50 wins. Jones, 66. Knockouts. Jones only has three more with 47. Tyson, 44. L's. Tyson, 6. Jones, 9. Now, 10. I guess if you want to add that, Tyson is at 59 fights. Jones, 76 fights. Tyson, 51 wins. I guess we got to add those, right? Before Saturday's fight between the two, Tyson hadn't fought since June of 2005 and Jones since February of 2018. So Jones, only a couple years out of the ring, more fights, but he's going against Mike Tyson, man. Even though Tyson's got a shorter reach, 71 inches compared to Jones, 74 inches, Tyson worked him. Just worked him. Smart fighter. Powerful fighter. Jones had his flashes. He's dancing around, making Tyson miss him. Threw some good punches. I mean, he's a championship caliber fighter. Has been for a long time. So it wasn't Tyson straight murked him and Jones never had a chance. That wasn't the case. But Tyson won, in everybody's opinion, except the judges. They ruled it a draw. It was not a draw by any means. Not a draw. But one judge gave Jones enough points to make the other two judges not matter, and everybody just add up the same points. Two things. That judge is blind. It was a publicity stunt. 
It wasn't made to see which guy was going to win. The fight wasn't scheduled to start a rivalry. None of that. It was started to make money from pay-per-view buys, ad revenue on stream sites and gambling sites, make money move for the sport of boxing. Let's face it, that has not happened in a long time. Floyd Mayweather doesn't fight anymore. Manny Pacquiao doesn't really fight anymore. Here and there, little fights. The day of the big name boxers and the excitement of those huge fights that you never thought we're gonna see again are over, or at least non-existent now. Not saying they can't come back, but they're not here. So you got a guy like Roy Jones Jr. who was in a lot of those big fights. And a guy like Mike Tyson who everybody knows, whether it's through boxing or The Hangover or his stint as a comedian or on TV shows or all the other things that he does, wrote a book or his crime that he's gotten into, his problem with his wife and all that stuff back in the 80s and 90s. Bit an ear, Evander Holyfield, missing a chump. Lots of things Mike Tyson has done that has gotten his name out there. You know who Mike Tyson is. Throw these two iconic boxers into the ring and see what happens. Can't forget Roy Jones' professional fame. He's not only a boxer, he's been on the screen and he had a record label, signs, rappers, had a couple of big hits himself. These guys are big names, big stars, and obviously brought in money and attention to the sport of boxing. That's all this was. So even though I hated the draw, I got it. I understand what the promoters and the people behind the scenes were doing. It stinks for boxing fans, for fight fans, for somebody that wanted to see a true, clean-cut winner and not a publicity stunt. But let's face it, we weren't going to get that. We got the publicity stunt. And it was a good one. Everybody tuned in. It was all over Facebook, all over Twitter. Everybody was interested, excited to see what was going to happen between two 50-year-old fighters. Yeah, that's how big of a publicity stunt that was. And it turned out amazing. Except for the fight fans that wanted to see a winner and that all know Mike Tyson won the fight. I put up a poll before the fight had started asking who everybody thought was going to win. Tyson ran away with 88% of the vote. Everybody thought Tyson was going to win, and I don't know why he won it. I thought Roy Jones Jr. was being underestimated because he is a fantastic fighter. Well, he was. I'm not saying he's not now, but not at that level. Not what he was when he was in his prime, but he was being underestimated. People didn't look at him like he had a chance against Mike Tyson. Thought he had a chance, but once they got into the ring, between the ropes, that quickly went away as I was watching Mike Tyson act like he was late 20s, maybe mid-30s, and Roy Jones fighting like he's 51. That's what happened. But it was cool to see. I'm glad I watched it. I would do it again. And I know as a publicity stunt, I'd rather see a real fight. But it was entertainment. It was an event. We haven't had an event to watch, to forget about everything else that is going around us for quite a while. I guess you could say that every Sunday for football, but then you're watching the NFL schedule and you don't know if they're going to play. A lot of people are out of the games because of COVID-19, whether they were around it or whether they have it. So to see this fight, it was cool in a big time Saturday night event 
where you're talking to your friends and you're talking about something. It was pretty cool. Glad that it happened. Also talking about something that happened on this card. Nate Robinson, ex-NBA player, played with the Knicks, the Bulls, the Celtics, the Nuggets, a couple other teams. Fought Jake Paul, a YouTube star who does these different sports videos. And had already actually fought once. He's 1-0 as a boxer going into this. And he leaves 2-0 as he knocks out Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson is not a fighter. Very athletic, in great shape, but he is not a trained fighter. He probably tried to train, but he is not a trained fighter. And Jake Paul took it to him and knocked him out. There's tons of memes. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, you already know what I'm talking about. Space case, laying on the ground, trying to get up. It was done. It was done. He got rocked. Bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. And I picked Nate to win because I'm like, hey, he's an NBA guy. I loved him. Three-time slam dunk champion. He's got this. I guess a YouTuber? Well, that one fight and the training that Jake Paul's going through definitely turned out to be beneficiary as he laid Nate Rob out. Mentioned Seattle, Philly playing right now. Let's go through the rest of the NFL games. Gotta start Sunday night. I'm a Bears fan. I am a huge Bears fan. They just got rocked, almost like Nate Robinson. There's tons of memes about Mitch Trubisky, too. Interceptions, a fumble. Did have 242 yards and three touchdowns. This is going to be the last album that I picked for a while. The Packers led 41-10 going into the fourth quarter. And the Bears scored 15 in the fourth quarter to cut it a little bit, 41-25. But the Bears looked awful the entire time. Offense has been atrocious. All year, defense without Hicks, without Goodman, without, I don't even want to say pride, but they're playing like it doesn't matter now. Beginning of the season, halfway through, it was all about the defense. If they were going to score and stop you, the Bears would win. They have absolutely no hope in the offense that they're not even playing like they care anymore. And without Akeem Hicks, who is that engine, it's not Khalil Mack, really. It's Hicks. Maybe two years ago it was Khalil Mack, but Hicks has taken over this defense. It's his. He's the main guy. Love Khalil Mack, think he's a great player, but without Hicks, he's not doing anything. Nothing. You take Khalil Mack out of the game, Hicks is still making an impact, still making noise. Aaron Rodgers, I hate the guy because he's a Packer, and I hate the Packers, but four touchdowns, surpassed 50,000 passing yards in his career. He's a Hall of Famer, fantastic quarterback that I hate because he's a Packer. But for picks, I did take the Packers because I knew the Bears' offense was not going to be able to do anything, and the Packers' offense, too dynamic. Just too dynamic for this hurt Bears' defense. It was sad. I don't know what the Bears are going to do. I was not hyped up after the 5-1 start thinking, oh my gosh, they got a chance. No, I didn't think that. Because I did see the rest of the schedule and who was still on it. And they're proving me right. Every game is proving me right that the Bears can't hang. Thursday's picks. Already went over them once, but we'll quickly go over them again. I took a win with the Texans. 41 over the Detroit Lions. 25. The Washington football team beat Dallas Cowboys. 41-16. I thought the Cowboys were going to pull that out, but they didn't. 
So on Thursday, I went one and one, win and a loss. And again, the Ravens and Steelers were supposed to play on Thursday, but got moved. That was the game of Thanksgiving. I was excited to see it. Everybody I talked to was excited to see it, and it didn't happen. Hopefully, hopefully we can see it on Wednesday. Sunday's games started with the Falcons and the Raiders. I picked the Raiders. They got bounced 43-6. to The Raiders and I guess the Falcons are so iffy. You do not know which team is going to come to the field. The Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champs with the best quarterback, probably best player in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, and then lost to him, but then only by three or four points. So you're going the distance and beating one of the best teams in the league, but you get to the Falcons, who started off 0-7, I believe, or 1-7, and you get smacked 43-6. Falcons, kind of the same way, just not as bad. But oh my gosh, that's crazy. Two wins, Bills over the Chargers 27-17. That defense is crucial. Chargers are not that good. I thought Bills were going to run away with it. They kind of did, but I thought it'd be more than 10 points. Giants over the Bengals. If the Bengals had Joe Burrow, I was going to go Bengals. He tore his ACL out for the year. I picked the Giants, and they won 19-17. For the Giants, tight end, Evan Ingram, six receptions for 129 yards. Big day for Evan. I didn't know where to go with this. I went the wrong way. I said Colts. Titans win 45-26. Titans. Iffy. Good team. Can hang with some of the good teams. But then can't. So I don't know where we're going here. Colts. A good team. Offense. I don't know. They're not really iffy. They got one of the best defense in the league. It's just really hard to read some of these teams week in and week out. Colts beat the Packers. But they get thumped by the Titans. And a big part of that was this guy named Derrick Henry. 27 handoffs for 176 yards and three touchdowns. Wide receiver A.J. Brown for the Titans. 98 yards and a touchdown. Went to work. Got a win here. Vikings over the Panthers 28-27. This was a 50-50 game. Both teams are, eh, probably middle of the pack. Both can play D sometimes and then can't play D sometimes. Both can run the ball sometimes, can't run the ball sometimes. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins was the star here. 307 yards, three touchdowns. Here's another L for me. Patriots and the Cardinals. After watching the Patriots play again, if you ball, they're beating the Ravens in a tsunami, but then almost losing to the Jets, had to pull it off in the end of the game. And just inconsistent football all the time. The Cardinals pull off one of the greatest plays I've ever seen against the Buffalo Bills with a late Hail Mary. And then fall by three to a struggling Patriots. It's just crazy how the NFL is working. I already said that once, but I'm saying it again. This was the first game for Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray not throwing a touchdown. He had 170 yards and an interception. Not a great day for the Rook. Dolphins 20, Jets 3. This was a given. I went really high on confidence points on the Dolphins. Defense is crucial. Jets, awful. Ryan Fitzpatrick, backup quarterback because they benched Tua. 257 yards, two touchdowns. Browns 27, Jags 25. This wasn't a 50-50. I'm going to say a 70-30. Thought the Browns would win. I didn't go huge confidence points, but I went like middle of the pack. I think I gave them like 8 or 9. 
Browns have been playing well. I think they have eight wins, nine wins. I'm going to go with eight wins. I think they're eight and three. Jags, those, one of those teams that just needs something to get over the hump. They're not awful. They're okay. Middle of the pack, no, probably low middle of the pack. Just need one piece, two pieces to propel them up. But I thought this was going to be a close game, and it was. And for two teams that you're not really following that much, it was a good game. Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns, 258 yards, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, he's a monster, 19 carries for 149 yards and a touchdown. And Jarvis Landry, wide receiver for the Browns, eight catches, 143 yards and a touchdown. They just did whatever they wanted to, really, over the Jags defense, and obviously it showed. Saints, 31, Broncos, 3. This, I think, got the most confidence points for me this week. Broncos starting Kendall Hinton, who's a wide receiver off the practice squad. As a junior at Wake Forest, he was a quarterback, then switched to wide receiver. But they had four quarterbacks, four quarterbacks, who were exposed to COVID-19, and none of them could suit up. So they had to dig that deep to get Hinton. He went 1 of 9, 13 yards, and two interceptions. Had the day that you would thought he'd have as somebody that had never been a quarterback in the NFL. He was on the practice squad as a wide receiver. As a wide receiver, he might have been a good fit. But they had nobody throwing the ball. So that's what happens. Got to give him props. He hung in there and did his all. He wanted to be in the game, and he was in the game. Took an L here. Rams were defeated by the 49ers 23-20. Again, Rams and 49ers don't know what team you're going to get. Both of them have good defenses. Both of them have solid offenses. Problem is COVID-19. Problem is inconsistency. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. 11 catches, 133 yards. Getting it in. Before mentioned, Chiefs knocked off the Bucks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-24. Mahomes went off as usual. 462 yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 269 yards, three touchdowns. Every single touchdown from Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. Two monsters, two awesome, fantastic players. Buccaneers are struggling. But again, played one of the best teams in the league and that are a huge Super Bowl contender. For tonight's game, I went with the Seahawks and I just got the notification. They won 23-17. Didn't get to watch the game because I wanted to get this out. Tired of pushing the show, but I got home late, had to do some things. Got to get the show up. It was more important than watching the Seahawks beat the Eagles. Now, if it was a Bears game, you already know what was going to happen. I'm watching the game to talk about it on the podcast. You know how this works, right? And then Wednesday, crossing our fingers, crossing our toes, that Baltimore and Pittsburgh will play going Pittsburgh. So the games that were played Thursday and Sunday, I went 9-5. and five. I am now 10-5 and five with the Seahawks, and hopefully Pittsburgh can make me 11-5 and five, as I think they are going to handle Baltimore. As we've noticed, it's not easy to play the game of football. And also, let's face it, it's not easy to get in shape or to stay physically fit either. There are factors working against all of us, including time and work schedules, lack of a support system, maybe motivation is low, don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body, injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybe's become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit located at the Prue Mall across from Secret Nails offers 
a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time. It's not just a day. There are many options and classes only last one hour. Support group, LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation, the trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements, including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided or pushed at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcome and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You wanna go hard? This is the environment. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Want a more relaxed approach? It's the same welcome. You'll receive the hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Now it's time to deep dive. Jeezy, Young Jeezy, The Snowman, whatever you choose to call him, I like Jeezy. Recession 2. You can even call him Jay Jenkins. If you didn't know that's his name, Jay Jenkins, still gonna go Jeezy. I'm not doing the Jay Jenkins thing. He is a pioneer of trap music. When he came out, that's what it was all about. 2005, 2004, he's been around since 97, but really didn't get this Jeezy, the Jeezy that we all know until about 2005. His first album that he was on was the Boys in the Hood album with Jody Breeze, Gorilla Zoe, Big G, and Big Duke. Jody Breeze, one of the most underrated rappers I have ever heard. He is great, but just couldn't do it as a soloist, a single rapper, an individual rapper. Gorilla Zoe had a couple of huge hits. But Jeezy by far the big name out of Boys in the Hood. That came out in June of 05. And then July of 2005, Jeezy comes out with his solo debut. Let's get it. Thug Motivation 101. I was a freshman in college. Monster album. Listen to it every day. Every single day. All day. Great album. Jeezy has not won the awards that you would think he has won. He's been around for 15 years and has done a lot of cool things, but I was looking at his awards, never won a Grammy, never won an American Music Award. He's been nominated, but just never won. He won the BET Hip Hop Award, Best Hip Hop Collab with I'm So Hood, DJ Khalid, Ludacris was on there, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne. There was a ton of people on that song. It was one of my favorites for a while. That came out in 2008 won an award with that, but obviously he shared it with everybody. Won a BET award in 2010, the viewer's choice for Hard with Rihanna. Then he has won two Ozone Awards, 2007 Best Album with The Inspiration, and then 2008 Best R&B Rap Collaboration with Love in the Club. You know, Usher. Usher song with Jeezy on it. So out of the four awards that he's won, only one of them was just him. The other three with collabs, remixes, with other people on them. I was kind of surprised about that. Because he's not bad. He's good. He's got lyrical content. The beats are 
all kind of the same though. If you got one thing you can say about Jeezy, it's that throughout the years, since 2005, a lot of his music sounds the same. Doesn't really change it up. His slow songs sound like the other slow songs that he's done. His other bangers sound like the other bangers that he's done. Change the lyrical content here and there, but the delivery, the flow, the beat, the melodies, all kind of similar. And that doesn't change on Recession 2, which is his 10th studio album. But it doesn't change kind of the same stuff. And the funny thing is, is when he came out with Thug Motivation 104, Legend of the Snowman in 2019, that was supposed to be his last album, I'm retiring, you know, thanks for your time. That's not how it worked. Obviously, he's got another album. The album dropped November 20th, so 10 days ago. This is a new album. It's hot. Hot off the presses. But the day before, November 19th, I have not talked about it yet. Kind of saving it because I knew I was going to do Recession 2 versus Battle with Gucci was November 19th. It started off where you're like, hey, somebody's going to get shot. Somebody's going to get beat up or they're going to brawl. Something's going to happen. Gucci came out the very first song straight at Jeezy, talking smack about him. Little daggers here and there. Jeezy's intro to I'm the Realist was crucial. Crucial. He's like, you can have that $5,000, $10,000 jacket that you're wearing. I own half of Atlanta. Just little jabs back and forth. Gucci was more in his face. Jeezy more subtle, more I don't need to dumb down to that level. It was really entertaining because you didn't know what was going to happen. And as you're watching the comments on Instagram or following people on Twitter, everybody was like, hey, something's going to go down. But luckily, thankfully, it didn't. And at the end, they did their song, So Icy, together. So it was probably staged, all the drama, all the back and forth, digs and shots. But I'm cool with it. Nobody got hurt. And it was entertaining. Do it again, please. I'd watch. But song-wise, I took Jeezy 14.6. I'm more of a Jeezy guy. Never been a huge fan of Gucci. He's got a couple songs that I like, but just not my style. He's not polished. He's just a straight southern gutter rapper, which is cool. I have no problem with that. But I'm going to put the more polished, bigger hits, more songs that I jam to, more songs that I relate to. I'm going to go with Jeezy. And I did. 14-6. So he follows the versus battle with Recession 2. 15 songs, 47 minutes, 46 seconds in length. And kind of following what he did with the Recession 1, it's about the life and times now. Songs about the social injustices, the pandemic, the way that we're living our lives, the way that people are talked down and not being who they're supposed to be. Just a lot of social things here, a lot of oppression and struggle and what we got to do to survive and overcome it. Almost every song plays on one of those messages in some way. Like I started doing with the last deep dive, which was Lil Wayne Carter 3, I'm going to just do my rankings right after I talk about the song because I like to break down each song and then rank them but instead of listening them at the end I'll just rank them as I talk about them first song Oh Lord featuring Tamika Mallory it samples Troubled So Hard by Vera Ward Hall it's about oppression one of the opening lines Black Lives Matter Tilly Needs Alone 
couldn't score good until he needs a home. And it's how people that are oppressed respond with the riots. There's a woman that does little skits in between the verses and the hook talking about people firing on cops, people getting mad and murdered, and why is this happening? Why are you coming after us? And then why are we coming back at you because we're being oppressed? That's their angle, and they put it well and say what they have to say about the matter. Thought it was an okay song. I put it almost middle of the pack. I went 9 out of the 15. Number 2, a Don Cannon produced Here We Go. I went number 1. I love this song. I've been listening to it nonstop. It's already on the top of my playlist. I listen to it all the time for the last, I don't know, probably 2, 10 days. <laughs> Almost had 2 weeks and went out. It's only been out 10 days. Been listening to it since then. It's about being your own person, not following anybody. The hook, my uncle told me know your worth. My grandma used to tell me to go to church, but then says you don't have to listen to what everybody's telling you if you can figure out your own path. The second verse, they tell you anything. You believe it too. I believe in me. Do you believe in you? I'm going to skip a couple lines. Another man's opinions, never my reality. I never follow, not my personality. That hustle's dead. Call them casualties. I did it my way. That's probably why they mad at me. Says a lot. I mean, when you're doing things yourself, by yourself, being successful, you're going to have haters. You're going to have people trying to tell you to do things differently. Nobody wants to see you succeed, really. Maybe your family, loved ones, but then everybody is trying to do something themselves too. And they see you doing it, but they can't. Things turn differently. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but there's always somebody that is like that. And you don't have to listen to other people. You can take it in consideration, but if you do something different, that's okay. You do not have to follow. Be your own person. I loved it. That's what I've been trying to do my entire life. I love this song. I will continue to listen to that all the time. Three, also produced by Don Cannon, is Modern Day. It's about living in today's world. Pretty much how social injustices and just the griminess that we're in right now. It's a slow trap beat. It's like grimy. The melody is grimy. Not just the lyrical content, but the song, the music in general. If they wanted to, they could turn it into a scary movie. Have that as some of the background. Take out the lyrics. Or make the lyrics Halloween movie-ish and add it to a movie. They could do that. I went 13 on that one. Eh, it was. I probably won't listen to it again. It was okay. Not anything that I'm going to rant and rave about. Track 4, Back, featuring Yo Gotti. I love Yo Gotti. Love Jeezy, obviously. The beat, super cool. Jeezy talking about I left the hood, but I got its back. Or I got it tatted on my back, something like that. Yo Gotti makes a lot of references to females and turning things around, coming back. Good song. I would definitely check it out if I were you. It's in my playlist, not going to listen to it as much as Here We Go, but I will listen to it. Five, The Ghetto, featuring E-40. If Jeezy had somebody else on this song, I might like it. I hate E-40. It's cool that he thinks he's got his own language. I hate his style. I really don't like anything about him. I never, ever have. I can't think of one E-40 songs, even his like hits in the mid-2000s. I don't like him. I really don't. But this is talking about upbringing, where they're from, and making it out of 
the ghetto. Just not a fan of E-40. This is number 15 on my list. Just not a fan of the song or of E-40. Six is titled The N-Bomb. Not N-Bomb, but you know what that means. Charles Hamilton is credited for writing and producing. He's a pretty good artist. I like his music. And it's kind of how people are all the same. They're going to play games. They want shortcuts. They want fames. They will stab you in the back. If you don't do it right, people are going to try to eat you alive. It's pretty much what Jeezy is saying here. And he's kind of right. It is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. So you got to watch who you are. you got to watch your environment and do what you think is best to not get ate up. I went 14 on that. Message was cool. Just not a huge fan of the song in general. And this is kind of going back to my point about some of the beats just sounding the same. And 10 albums in, I love Jeezy, but just kind of the same stuff. And this was one of the songs that I feel like I've heard before a million times, but just not this exact version. Number seven on Recession 2 is Death of Me. And it is the first of seven produced Justice League tracks. Justice League, huge right now, have been for quite a while. I got seven tracks on here. This is the first one of seven. I really, really, really like this song. It's a rap love song about how if she left, it'd be the death of him. What is he going to do? She was always there, gave him thousands of examples of what she meant to him and what he thought he meant to her. He needs you. And without you, this isn't possible. Really good song. Really well put together like it a lot i rank it number three on the list of 15. eight is stimulus check it's about being broke not trusting the government what they say about stimulus checks and what's gonna happen to help the country it's lies we want the whole truth you think we're blind you think we're dumb like the message strong it's a strong message i went 12 on stimulus check my reputation featuring demi lovato and little deval is number nine, the ninth track. And it's about not caring what people say, just treat me right. It's a love song. It's like, I don't care what they say about your past or who you are, I'm seeing it myself. I don't care what you say, it's my business. You treat me right and we'll be okay. It's about everyone being in everybody's business and just not minding their own. Just always talking about people, always being in business. And in small towns, this is a very, very relatable song happens all the time whether it's the first time you're gonna date and you're like hey do you know this guy do you know this girl and your opinion is going to sink into that person whether it's good or bad even if you don't know them you're like oh i don't like this person because of something this other person said that this other person said not even giving the person a chance it's kind of what this song is about really really relatable i rank it for liked it a lot and it's a sample of the SOS bands just be good to me pretty solid song I'm going to listen to it a lot I'm sure the 10th song on the album is the glory with Neo huge Neo fan but the song it was cool it's a feel-good two-step song and those are always fun you want to feel good you want a two-step I went eight on my list of rankings here 11 live and die it's pretty much Tupac's Live and Die in LA, switch to Live and Die in the A. 
talks about living in Atlanta. One of the key lines, you make it here, you can make it anywhere. Struggle story about an oppressed city where you need to be a gangster. You need to do what you've got to do to get through. Heard it before, but it was cool. The beat was all right. I liked it. I ranked it seven. And Live and Die was also a Justice League track, just like Stimulus Check. And this next song, Praying Right, I went sixth. Kind of a slower beat. In the hook, prayed for me last night, but maybe not praying right. Like, what are you really praying for? You praying for the money, clothes, success? Or are you praying for your family to be well and for you to have a house and clothes and be able to live? And then, what are you doing to make these things happen? Are you just praying and not putting anything into work to make it happen? Because it's not going to happen that way either. Got a little give and take. You pray, but you also got to put a foot forward. I went six on that track. Really, really like the message and agree. You got to keep doing stuff if you want to be successful or whatever you're putting your attention to. You can't just pray. You got to do something about it as well. Track 13 is Therapy for My Soul. Right now, it is the only single off of Recession 2, and it came out the 18th. So the day before the Versus Battle and two days before the album released. And he's sitting back reminiscing about his legacy, what he's done right, what he's done wrong, lessons that he's learned. And I like songs like that. You can tell a lot about the rapper, the musician as a person as they're sitting back and telling how they felt about things situations, moments, when there was drama, when there was struggle, when there was happiness, and elaborating on those feelings. I rank it 11th, like the message, cool song, just like a few, okay, 10 of them better. Four, Almighty Black Dollar with Rick Ross. Jeezy and Rick Ross are money together. The way their voices, styles click, one of my favorite pairings, and I used to hate Rick Ross. When he first came out, I'm going to say his probably first two albums, really wasn't a huge fan, but then then I started like listening, listening to him, and I really like Rick Ross, what he stands for, his lyrics. He's got a lot of heart and passion in that big belly, tattooed belly of his. Almighty Black Dollar is kind of like, what are we doing with our money? We're not putting it towards businesses. We're not putting it to something that we're creating our own. We're putting it into brands. That Gucci, that Prada means nothing. It's goofy. Like, why are we spending money on people that don't even like us? We're giving them money. Like Gucci, the very first line of the song after the hook, he goes, Gucci don't like black people. He says, our people are spending money on things that are not getting us anywhere for people that don't even like us. He is saying that about African-Americans and why are we giving them our money? Why are we supporting small black businesses, their clothing lines, people that are doing, trying to do something? Why are we helping them accept these big brands that we're kind of trained to like and love? I am obviously not a black man, but I kind of feel that way all the time about not helping local places and things like that. But I'm not going to lie, I don't do it as much as I should. Maybe I'm listening to Jeezy here, not in the same kind of matter, demeanor, race, social justice thing. But we should be helping out the people we know, the people we love, friends, people in our community. Instead of these giant conglomerates that 
don't care about us at all, just want their money. He makes a lot of good points here. Like I said, with the black spin on it, with the spin of African Americans, but you can put it in the same, not the same, sorry, not the same, not the same at all, but a relevant equilateral. I went two on that. Really liked the song. Already on my playlist. Already listened to it probably about four times today and probably about five times yesterday. And then track 15, The Kingdom, kind of second guesses everything. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to love? Are you going to fold? Are you going to stay strong? What's going to break you? God got my back. We're all trying to battle to be kings of our own kingdoms, and we want to keep it that way. And I did notice there's like four or five songs in here that he says God a couple times. Definitely goes to his religious roots and not saying, hey, I'm a Bible thumper. There's some things that I did take away from church. I do believe that there is a higher power. I don't believe everything that you were telling me in church. I'm going to be my own person while still having my faith. Kind of got that subliminal messages throughout the entire album. Probably a good four or five songs with obviously the kingdom. I mean, the name says it all being the biggest one. I rank it 10th. I got the message. I understood it. And again, one of those slow beats that you get three or four on every Jeezy CD, and that was one of them. All in all, not my favorite Jeezy CD. About three songs I'm going to listen to routinely until I find something else that I'm going to listen to routinely, and then it will fall down the routine a little bit. But it's already in my Jeezy playlist, already on my main listen to why I take my walks every day. Yeah, I'm like that old guy now that just wants to walk all the time. It's good for you, though. I recommend and you can listen to music and deep dive on your podcast. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. Hopefully you like the deep dive. Let me know if there's anything else you would like from the deep dive. Interact with me. Let me know. And you can do that through social media. Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook. Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. Also can send us an email. Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com talking about whatever you want to. Want to be a guest? Know somebody that would be a good guest. Want to advertise on Edge of Your Seat Podcast? Got some information about a story? Anything that you want to share with us, feel free. Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. I think that's all for this intro. This is going to be a long podcast, but a fantastic podcast that I pushed off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, almost four times to get all the awesomeness in this that I could. Shout out to Mo Pesci, his career, everything he's got going on. Again, sideline from COVID-19. Unfortunately, we all are. Something is being affected for all of us through this pandemic. He's pushing through just like we all should. Shout out to him. Thank you for being on the podcast, my man. We will have you back. We will be back in the next few days. Got three more shows this week since this is a holdover from last week. Again, sorry for pushing, trying to get a schedule workout, but it's life. Full-time job, got a couple side projects, got family, got friends, got a lot of things going on. So regardless, we'll get to the three shows a week. Last week was the only one we haven't in probably like four or five months. Pushing out three shows a week. It's awesome, exciting, and thank you for tuning in all the time. Appreciate your love and support as you have the love and support from me, Brandon LaChance, and Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Until next time.
Peace. Not every day I get a friend on. I mean, I got a lot of friends, a lot of places, but this one go back from college years. Man, I think he cut my hair when I had hair. That's how long ago this is. We both ball headed out. <laughs> I'm talking about my guy, Mo Pesci. What's up, Mo? What's the word with me? Nothing much, man. We have not spoken probably a good 10 years. Good 10 years. Don't let everybody know when we graduated from SIU, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get older, you get older. Nothing we can do about it. Hey, nothing we can do about it. We keep, hey, keep the good fight going. No doubt, man. No doubt. It is good to hear from you. We got a lot of catching up to do on this podcast. Hey, same here, brother. Yes, indeed. So we'll start there. reason I have you on is... You do a little bit of everything. You cut my hair in college. I know you've done a lot of different jobs, but what I know you most as is a rapper. How has your career been going, man? Man, the crazy part about that is I got my guy over here. I mean, when I said we was on tour in Detroit, and I literally almost went to jail in Canada. <laughs> How did that happen? Like, literally, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the party. You know, you, you know, ain't nothing changed. I'm still a party. So... I was bringing the party favorites, and my man is driving reckless the whole time. Shout out 94 Cove. I love you, Cove. But uh, he's driving reckless, and I mean super reckless. And the rest of my guys was like, just go to sleep. You're going to wake up. You're going to be in Detroit. So I wake up, and I see a sign that says, welcome to Canada. I said, brother, that sign just say that? I said, I think where all them cars is, we were supposed to go that way. Yeah, we just gonna turn around when we get over here. Custom says there will be none of that. Come holler at us, and we'll decide if you get to go back across that border. So take it. I still got the party favors, and then Customs was like, "All right, we're not messing with y'all, Americans. We gonna let America deal with you." And they sent us across the border, but I'm pretty much sure they alerted them. Like, yeah, y'all can find it. We didn't feel like it. And they literally was like, yeah, uh, we can smell it. You see that long line? You show us where it's at? You can still go ahead and go perform this weekend. I was like, all right. Showed them. They was like, yeah, go in Detroit and find you some. I'm like, all right, cool. So a night of drinking, found a little something, something. Then I wake up and everybody's in the front room trying to line their hair up. I said, put the clippers down, man. And I literally had to cut everybody up. And they like, this whole time you've been rapping, you could cut hair too? I was like, I worked in a barbershop for almost 15 years, yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, I got my guy here to make a long story shorter now because we was just talking like it's good to talk numbers with each other now. Like, yeah, I got this many followers on Spotify this week, this many on Apple Music. So... The rap career is, it's not, I'm not platinum selling, but I mean, I get money for rapping now, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's lovely. Just put out an EP, just put out two singles during the COVID uh, lockdown, whatnot. I want to say like at least 14 songs that I'm waiting to release. I'm going to re-release the old EP that I did as, as like just singles. So, I mean, I can actually say rapping is been keeping me alive right now. Perfect, man. Let's get some names. What is the name of the new EP? The new EP is going to be 
name of Elm Street's Finest, which was the street I was raised on in Mound City. Before I came to college, before I moved to Champaign, you know what I'm saying? It was, uh, it was Elm Street. So we moved from one spot on Elm Street to another spot on Elm Street. So Elm Street's Finest is going to be the new one that I'm going to put out. But the one that I just put out is The Nightmare, which is the setup for Elm Street's Finest, if you can put two and two together. Yeah, we got some Halloween scary movie type stuff going on. You here. know what I'm saying? And, and the crazy part about it is, uh, shout out my boy Dantel, Sandman Slim. We actually have a joint that um, we supposed to be finishing up. It's not a set date, but we actually going over like a remix of uh, Halloween, the Halloween beat. And shout out my man who did it back from Carverdale. I don't even know if he's still making beats and doing all that. Last I checked, he was doing like gospel rap. But shout out my man Frank, you made the beat. I still got it, and I'm still going to use it. And if he tell me not to, we'll take it down. But besides that, it's rocking. So I got a little scary stuff, and then I just got the scary life that I be going through on there, man. But you won't be sitting there finding me doing... Freddy versus Jason, uh, you know, Michael Myers versus Chucky. But I, you will get references, you know what I'm saying, here and there. <laughs> for sure, for sure, I like but it. Yeah, the Nightmare, the Nightmare is the name of the EP out on all platforms, Spotify, Tidal, iTunes, Apple Music, Napster, Deezer, it's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> anywhere you can find music. Look it up on YouTube, uh... I, would, I guess what you want to call it, a, a lyric video without the lyric videos for each one up. But I'm trying to, um, you know, like I say, money been funny. But I want to do more visuals for it, but it's only seven tracks, you know what I'm saying? So I want to actually do a visual for each one of them. So that's the first EP, or that's the, or not EP, that's the first music that I actually made a dollar from. Besides not selling my CD to somebody on, you know, old school, out the back of the trunk way. I was just going to say it, out of the trunk. You know, hey, man, brother, hey, I told you, we can't tell everybody how old he is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I remember we used to be at, like, uh, oh, man, I can't even remember the name of the place now. They had the player's ball there. Uh, the uh, upper deck? Yeah. Sports upper, center? The sports yeah, 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 yeah. We would be out there in the parking lot, and seriously. Out the parking lot. People, with the, you did. Passing out CDs out of trunk all the time. Come on, man. They don't know that hustle, bro. They don't know that hustle. Like, hey, man, yeah, uh, it's uh, 1 o'clock. Hey, what you talking about? I'm going to be outside passing out these joints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm catching the late ones who get there, the early ones who trying to leave because they, they found that right person in the, in the you dig. Hey, we all wake up in the morning. How about you throw this yacht squad, the rebirth? Oh, we are the team in there. You did. I can't tell you how many times we probably didn't even go in. We just parking lot pimped. Just parking lot pimped. Hey, man, stop playing, bro. Once it got before I left Carbondale, we all just get lit at the crib. And then I'll be like, hey, what's up? Y'all want to just slide by club, see what it's looking like? We literally would leave the crib at like 1230. So if the club looked like it was doing something, we'd go in. If not, we just sit out of the parking lot. Cheapest way to do it. Cheapest way to do it. And we already halfway there. So, and we got the drink in the car. So 
We can finish the drink here. That way we ain't got it with us. And the least sober person drives home. Gotta be safe too, though. Gotta be safe. Gotta be safe too, man. Drink responsible. Always, always, always. Let's rewind a little bit here. Where are you originally from? Originally from, because I like to get ties to everything so people know exactly why I am who I am. I was born in El Paso, Texas on an army base. Then we moved up north. Walk, you know what I'm saying, Waukegan. My family is originally from Chicago, but my great greatest grandmother was born in a place called Mound City, Illinois. And Mound City, Illinois is a town that has like probably 500 people in it right now. Mound City is what made me. So when I, I go to say I was born in Texas, but I was raised in Mound City, Illinois. Raised in Mound City, Illinois. Like I say, literally, it used to have 2,000 people in it, but you you know how Southern Illinois is deteriorated. We probably got like 500 people in Mound City now. But at the bottom of the map, at Illinois, there's two exits when you leave it. You get off to go to either Mounds, Pulaski, or Mound City, or Villa Ridge, or you keep going to go to Cairo, and then you out of Illinois. So if people want to know where it's at, where it's at, it's at the very bottom of Illinois. But yeah, Mound City, that's where I'm from. Shipyard, USA. And then when did you come up to Carbondale, Champagne, go north, oh. north Illinois? Okay, Carbondale was a place I got recruited to go hoop. And I got caught with weed my senior year. And everything went to scholarship to walk on. But I wanted to leave Mound City because, like I said, my family... We originated up north, just as well, and I wasn't with the small town, so I'm like, I still want to go to Carbondale, because at least I can be close to home, but not at home. So, end of, uh, end of the century, <laughs> 99, I moved to Carbondale, and I was there in 2014. And then my girl got a job up here in Champaign. And I was like, do I let another one run away? I instantly get into some trouble. And it gave me the decision that I needed. Like, yeah, it's time to go. I wore my welcome out in Carbondale, basically. So 2014, I moved up to Champaign. And it's been more pesky, super hard ever since. So you ran into two stints of me in Carbondale because I was there from 04 to 07 and then came back 09 to yeah. 10. And you were yeah. there like, hey, B. <laughs> hey, B, my boy. Yes, sir. Nothing changes, bro. I never forget a face. I mean, exactly. Like you said, I cut your hair. So that alone makes you one of my customers. And I mean, if my customer ever needs me, that chair always open. You dig what I'm saying? So... No, when I, when I see you, the, the first time we all met, you know, it was music related. You know what I'm saying? All that good stuff. Super cool. Good dude. And that, that leads to lifelong extensions, you know what I'm saying? No, no. And then when you came back, I'm just as happy as seeing you the first time. And it's not, now it's not because I need your money for haircut. It's because of the, uh, of the relationship we built. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And plus, I can't give you any money for a haircut because I don't have any hair, man. Like I said, the crazy part about it is, and then they was like, hold on, how do you cut hair and you bald head? I was like, what? I was like, trust me, while I was cutting hair the whole time, I watched it all leave. 
for sure. Let's get back to the music. I mean, usually most of the famous acts, Chicago, the Bronx, uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, Houston. How tough is it trying to make it in the music business and kind of rule nowhere, Illinois? Extra tough, but at the same time, outside of Chicago, I think Champaign, the 217 area, has one of the best music scenes going on. You know what I'm saying? And as far as that goes, I've covered all bases. I performed everywhere, Bloomington, Springfield, um, Champaign, Decatur. Currently, right now, we I, this year, we were supposed to perform in front of 300,000 people. I say 300,000, I mean 30,000. I jumped in front of we won like a contest, me and my uh, group that, shout out to the delinquents. Cause uh, I am captain of the Yacht Squad, no packy. But my rap collective that I that I rap with is the delinquents, is me, Tito, Tokyo, MAG, 94 Cove, Khadijah, Uno, and my boy Solo. And we all solo artists, but together we the delinquents and we, we won to perform at summer camp. I don't know if people is familiar with summer camp, but they didn't have the likes of all type of acts. I could go on forever, but this year it was supposed to be, we were supposed to be one of the openers in the head. The headline was 3-6 Mafia. They rap with Rakim. I done been on stage and bombed with Wyclef. I done opened up for Ball Thugs and Harmony. Those are some so, big names, man. Those are some big names. And I mean, when I say literally in, in my demographic, is the whole Southern Belt. They love my music. So my plan was, I was off papers this year. It was time to go on, on the track. And then COVID said, hi, my name is. <laughs> to everybody, to everybody. To everybody. But the good thing about that is, is because what you just said, you was like, how is it right now trying to get on? Bro, everybody on the same playing field. It's few right now that's still doing shows, but I... A lot is more that's not doing shows than it than is ones that's doing shows. So right now you got a chance to put out good content, music, put out good videos, promote it like you're supposed to, and you can do the same thing anybody else doing. Because the only thing they got is their social media presence that they can do. So right now it's like not an even playing field because a lot of people still got money behind them. But as far as internet out there, it's kind of like an even playing field right now. And everybody, in terms of fans, music listeners, we're all at home. Is waiting on it. Yeah, we're here. We're just waiting. Because, like you said, you've been quarantined since last Thursday. Yeah, I've been here for a week, listening to music, watching stuff, yeah. Exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? So, that's the goal right now. I know we PG friendly on here, but I'm not, as far as when it comes to my fan base, and too, so... I got to the point to where I was, like I said, I was. I got into a little trouble with the law, so I couldn't be on social media doing what my fans like to see me do. You know what I'm saying? Me being my regular self. And now that I'm off, I have to get back into the, oh, you don't have to hide it no more. You know what I'm saying? And I can get back on my social media and do all the fun things that I did with my fan base. So... I'm finna um, shoot this video for my new song, my, my latest single, what I call Noose. I'm sorry, what was that, Noose? Yeah, that's exactly what I said, B. 
<laughs> just making sure, just clarifying. So, I mean, with all the, uh, the racial injustice that's been going on in America for, for decades, when uh, George Floyd got killed, uh, artists, if you're not talking about what's going on in, in the sign of the times right now, then, then what is your goal? And why are you doing it? So I just got to writing, and I didn't know what I was going to name the song. I didn't know if I was going to have a hook in it or none of that. I just, I just grabbed my pad and my tequila and my beer, and I was like, let's see where it takes you. And then Bubba Wallace, the news incident with the NASCAR, when uh, they found the news and they were like, oh, yeah, it's been there for over a year. Like, so y'all literally had a news hung up. For over a year, y'all just now noticing it? And I hadn't, I wasn't done with the song, but I was like, now I know what the name of the song is going to be, Noose. And then it took me further into where I was going with the song. And so I'm finna uh, shoot the uh, news video here. And once I shoot the news video, it's full blast on. I'm going to be doing my own management. I'm going to be doing my own marketing because, you know, that's what I went to school for. It's full blast, we going. You know what I'm saying? I know we've said Carbondale here, SIU here, but we didn't come straight out and say like, hey, we both went to SIU, that's where we met. <laughs> SIU, Carbondale, not Evansville. Get it right. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Let, let the people know, yes, we went to the big, the big school, as we like to call it, the Illinois HBCU. And when I say literally, we had, we made SIU, I mean, as far as black people, not saying you be, but we, you know how we, how, how we was together down there, how big of a family the black alumni is at SIU. But, you know, certain people get invited to the barbecue. You was one of them. I was just going to say, I may have been to a couple of those. Hey, you was one of them, you know what I'm saying? So, you definitely, you know what I'm talking about, you, you, you can dig it, S-I-U-C, yeah, man, go dogs forever. Yeah, no doubt. Probably one of the best times of my life. Still. Hey, bro, when I say, I, they, hey, man, bro, I say I wouldn't change a thing. I still will grab a bag of Doritos when I make tacos, throw the meat in that joint, pour the cheese over it. And just think about Munchie outside, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's lit. Domino's oh, doesn't taste the same. It, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, nah. It doesn't taste like I'm fresh from the sports blast or the barn. And I need nachos, Doritos with, with cheese and meat. You know what I'm saying? Two slices of cheese. Nah, this doesn't taste the same. I don't want it. You know what I'm talking about? No doubt. I'm glad you said the sports blast. My funniest hey. story, the funniest story to me in college, and then this isn't going to be like, you know, Kevin Hart hilarious, but... Hey, hold on, hold on. Yeah. But you, but you get there, because I, I want you to tell this. You want to know what the craziest part about the sports blast? What's that? After all of that party we did there, I get an invite to my sister wedding. Guess where is that? <laughs> the sports blast. The sports blast. Go ahead. Now, I'm in the TV. <laughs> I don't even think I was 21. No, I was not 21 yet. And we were all there. I mean, I mean, if we wanted to, we would go like 30 deep. Oh, yeah. So we were all there. There was like 25 or 30 of us, and everybody's got their drinks. I was one of the youngest. I'm a few years younger than you. And everybody's got their drinks going up to the bar. And, you know, me, college, I don't know, freshman, sophomore, thinking I'm 
over my head a little bit. I walk up to the bar, showing my license, and this girl's like, did you literally just hand me your license when you're not even close to 21? Get out of here. And then I don't know if it was you or Keys come right behind me, and they're like, hey, he's 21, he's our brother. And then she gave me a drink. <laughs> hey, trust me, bro. You know, you do not know how many stories I get about, hey, they're like, hey, bro, literally, we go to the front door. I'd be like, nah, y'all can't take the weed in there. You can't have lighters in there. Give everything to me. And then I get inside the sports blast and I'm just handing people out stuff. And then my little cousin, and that's 17, 18. And I'm like, yeah, nah, he good. He just ain't got his ID. Hey, bro, yeah, nah. <laughs> Those was the days, man. Seriously, seriously. And paid off the owner. I'm not going to say his name. We paid off the owner. And literally, people was like, man, just a lot of me, man. We walk up with Mo, man, and then next thing you know, we going through VIP line, and we ain't got to pay nothing. I say, man, yeah, those were the days. That's why they want to leave Carbondale. Because of who I was in Carbondale, the respect I got, I felt I could never gain that nowhere else if I, if I left. That kind of held me hostage for a second. And then one day, I'm up here. And I'm barbacking at a bar that had, had open mic. And I was like, hey, bro, you think uh, you can hold a bar down and I can go up there for one of those 10-minute sessions? He's like, man. I'm like, come on, bro. He, hey, he said, you whack? Don't ever ask me to do it again. I'm like, bet it up. I went up there, rocked that joint. I looked, he had stopped bartending. Now he was watching. He was like, damn, you actually dope. I'm like, yeah, I told you. And... It wasn't too much longer that I was barbacking because I'm not finna keep missing this fun. So I quit that job and now it, it got to uh, to the point to where, shout out to my sensei, I ain't gonna call him my sensei, I'm gonna say my mentor. So uh, shout out to Mike Ingram. He was like, man, bro, you dope. I want you to stop rapping over your lyrics. And I stopped rapping over my lyrics, start rapping over the instrumentals whatnot. And then next thing you know, went from the drug dealer who everybody knew to now it's no longer Lil Mo and everybody calls me Pesci and it's because I rap and I still get the same amount of love that I got in Carbondale but I don't sell drugs no more I don't condone that I'm not whatever you gotta do you gotta do just do what you gotta do baby but I'm not condoning none of that you know what I'm saying the love that it gave me was addictive I think it was more than the, than the drug I was pushing. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, I was so used to that. It forced me not to focus on my music as much as I should have. And now that I done got that life out the way and I'm more focused on my music, I still get the same love because I always been that same dude. You know what I'm saying? I've always been the room rocker. i always been the fun person, even without all the other unnecessary stuff you know what i'm saying it makes sense yeah well, it definitely makes sense i mean it's crazy how quickly and how our progression of i guess maturity i mean oh i said my story about us partying and stuff i don't even really do that anymore not to anyway. that level anyway right you change things you grow up and you realize what's important and shoot for those yeah when i say literally my people be like yeah, who is that? Uh, is that your girlfriend on your arm? I'm like, negative. Uh, it's my daughter. They're like, uh, yeah, how old is your daughter? And I'm like, 19. And then they look at me and say, hold on, how 
son. <laughs> it's for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, maturity is actually, I mean, but it's a good thing though. You know what I'm saying? And that's what why they say when you grow old and you figure out ways to prolong your life, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess all that craziness, cutting it down, or at least minimizing it, is probably... Minimizing it. You know, now we can just drunk at home and it's only one or two times a week and not every day, including Sunday. Talk about thou shalt rest. What? This is SIU. <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> but I guess that's why you go to college, to get that out of the way you know you go through those times that age where you're partying you meet a lot of cool people you're doing different things but then it also kind of it gets old after a little bit and then you realize things are changing and what's important and making money and starting a family and you know the rest of it yeah literally that's literally the goal now my girl stay i mean when i say literally i'm thinking she black friday shop in the house shop you had said earlier you know covid said hello hey what's my name my name is did you have tours set up or anything going on that got postponed, canceled? Do you have oh, anything yeah, set up oh, for the future? Yeah, oh, no. Bro, definitely. Like I said, the big thing got canceled was summer camp. You know what I'm saying? Summer camp got canceled. Getting off of that, we was going to tour. I actually had plans on moving to L.A. or Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I got people in both spots down there doing music and, and one like, yeah, no, you got to come to Atlanta. Then the other one's like, no, nah, they need you in L.A. And, you know, the goal was to go go test the waters. And then we not counting the shows that got canceled. I mean, literally, I did I did a big show down back at Carbondale, Hanging Nine. And then, like I said, around here, just going and I meet people. I had shit set up for Ohio. We had shit set up for back in Detroit. I feel like uh, Fleetwood Max singer. She was like, this COVID is taking... My touring time away from me, and I don't like that. No, I mean, when I say, it, it definitely threw a monkey wrench in everything. You know what I'm saying? And then now you got to have people who feel safe enough for you to come in the studio for what you record and all that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a whole monkey wrench in the game. Shout out to Humpty G, who I recorded uh, The Nightmare with. At the time, him and his girl, shout out Marielle, she got the strongest immune system. She was like, nah, ain't nobody coming over here. So my favorite place to record was shut down. I hate the simple fact of what they going through. We'll leave that alone. But now we'll just say it's back over for recording. And then everybody starts seeing like, yeah, no, nah, we got to open the lease back. We got to make this music. People need it. You know what I'm saying? This is us helping them get through their day, get through their problems. So they going through the same thing, and then for them to hear us talking about it, they like, okay, you know, we're not the only people going through it. Like, the next song that I write, I already said, is going to be called The Pandemic. And then everybody going to think it's going to be about COVID. But as a black man in America, I've been in a pandemic. And then I'm going to end it off with, oh, yeah, COVID's still out here, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got the song wrote in my head. I just ain't put the words to it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. COVID is COVID. I mean, literally, my brother's girlfriend just got diagnosed with it. They doing well. I mean, when I say literally, I was wondering why I hadn't seen him on Facebook liking my post. My mom was like, COVID. I was like, what? And he's, he's the brother that doesn't go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I will put it like this. Both of my brothers are like this. They hobbits. They live under their own bridge. 
magic. I was like, yeah, no. Nah. I mean, I've been aware of it and everything. I was like, see, that, that goalie showed me COVID is not playing and it's not dodging. Whoever it can get is going to get it. Shout out to COVID, but <laughs> You are the first one on Edge of Your Seat Podcast to give a shout out to COVID. Just saying. Hey, shout out to COVID, but ever. Literally. <laughs> No doubt. I think everybody listening to this is going to agree with you on that. They got to feel me on that one. They got to feel me on that one. So I kind of want to go full circle. We talked a lot here. Music, where you were raised, you wanted to go hoop for SIU, things got in the way. You know, now you're doing more with your music than you have before. I mean, just talk about the progression and what about music makes you push and hustle and strive for everything that you're trying to do. Man, we were just talking about this, me and Tito. Uh, it's very rapid in the black neighborhood that, uh, that a 39-year-old like me shouldn't be rapping no more. I said, that is just so crazy how it gets lost that music is an art. I can keep painting these pictures if I get the 5,000 plays I get a month. If I'm getting that at 60, who are you to stop me? We just talked about how we met. We met at college. We both had degrees. I was like, um, I can see if this was my only choice. Like, yeah, if I don't make it in this music, you know what? I'm going to be a failure. That's not the case with me. You know what I'm saying? I make music because I wrote my first book when I was in first grade called Rascal Runs Away. I've been a writer my whole life. And it went for me writing poems to people, you know, when I say my little four, my little stanza, when we in a freestyle cipher, to people was like, Joe, you gotta quit playing with this. And then it led to me rhyming the words, and as long as I can keep rhyming the words, I'm gonna keep making the music because the music needs to be heard, the struggle needs to be heard, the struggle needs to be represented. And not just the, the, the struggle of black people, my Mexican people, all my Indian people, white people, gay people, broke people, everybody has a struggle. Biggie said it, if he could give a gift to a rapper, it'd be just a rock. 10,000 from front to back. And then Jay-Z said, I just wanted somebody to say they felt me. And I got somebody to say they felt me. It's over a thousand. And I would have literally got a chance to rock that 30,000 if COVID wasn't here. So my goals of rapping are almost accomplished. And if I keep making money from it, great. But what I am going to keep doing is speaking to the people. So that's why I rap, bro. And that's why I still do it. Because, I mean, when I say people tell me stories about my music, and it, it, it baffles me. Shout out to my man, Black Mage. He said, if we was all as good as Pesci, it wouldn't be fair. He said, he said so much. Was so little. He said, you have to dig into his bars. He said, a lot of people ain't ready for it. That right there makes my day. And that's why I rap, bro. That's why I rap. When you were saying, like, about age and you being 39, honestly, as a music connoisseur, you know me, I listen to everything. Uh huh. Jay Z, you said his name, so I'll bring him up. Jay Z at 40, to me, is better than Jay Z at 22. Totally agree with you. Yeah, more stories, more experiences, knows life a little better, older, hey. and you can you throw in the family thing because now he's got a family, 
and you know you go with it as your life goes where if you're just listening to a bunch of 22 year olds we're talking about the club cars money and that's about it don't, don't forget the drugs oh yeah yeah can't forget about the they drugs. gonna bring that in there so everybody not into that no more bro what we was doing at SIU is people that's going to college that's like not doing what we was doing they feeling 444 more than they is trippy red or whatnot. You know what I'm talking about? Gotcha. You're right. The older you get, the like I, I feel like a lot of my material ain't what, you know, I'm like, if you want to hear the guns and all that talk in my own rap, I got old mixtapes I can give you. I said, but if you want to hear rap where it's, it's good rap everywhere, come on, I got you. And my job, my accountant came downstairs and he was like, bro, he said, I was playing your mixtape. I had to cut it down. He said, you got to turn it up on that. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in the owner office talking music shipping 1942 with the mixtape bumping. It's a good way to do it. Shout out to my boy Troy and my man Dave. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. <laughs> Literally. That's what music does. It bonds everybody. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? The doors that, that music is open for me. Like I said, if I would have known Champagne was going to treat me like this, I'd have been going to Carbondale a long time ago. And I probably wouldn't be here in Champagne no more. A lot of people was like I was supposed to be signed a long time ago. But doing shows, knowing the music business now, I'm glad I didn't. Because I could be somewhere suffering or suffering has been. Instead, I'm still relevant, whether you like it or not. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I would have loved the car, the clothes, and all that, but who knows what that would have took me. Because you seen how I was at SIU. Oh, you mean we going to magnify it by 100? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been deadly. That would have been dangerous. Exactly. I could have been one of them, them musicians, you know what, 26? Well, a lot of the great musicians died at 26? I think it was 27. 27, yeah, something like that. Coke-infused bathtub, you know, no, I'm glad I dodged that bullet, and I, even to this day, a label can't call it, I was, no, we can, I'm not doing a publishing deal with you, none of that, we can do basically a partnership, but no, everything stays with me, everything, you get to push me, if not, don't worry about it, I'm good, man, I'll push myself, I'm cool with that, the stories that I've heard from the industry and the stories that I've seen, the industry is a very ugly and mean place, bro. And if you ain't Drake, one of them top sellers, you don't get the you don't get to experience that fun like that. It's tough. You see, four rappers shot in Texas this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Two of them did. King Von just got killed. But everybody laughed when Jim Jones compared to being a rapper to like being in service. Not that, you know, I, I don't want to say it's like over in Iraq, but when you going out with the hate that people have for, for big-time rappers, I don't want that, bro. I want to go to wherever I go like I like I do right now, and everybody love me. I don't want nobody to be like, yeah, we going to a Mo Pesci show tonight, because you know what? We finna kill somebody. Nah, come out, have a good time. Let's enjoy this good music, and let's rock. Well said, my friend, well said. All right, let's uh, do these top fives, and then I'll let you go. Top five, dead or alive, Jenkins. No, okay, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you. <laughs> so you said you want to do a top five. I told you, hey, we got to do your top favorite rappers, and you're like, no. 
I want to do something different. Well, you didn't say that, but almost. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do two now. We're going to do what I want to do and then what you want to do. So let's start with top five rappers that kind of motivated you, that you learned from to help your career. Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be cliche as ever. But if you listen to my music, you'll see it. Biggie, Jay-Z, Fabulous, Candy Kiss, and then Tupac. With Nas 5B and Tupac is 5A, if that's fair. Very fair, very fair. Okay. I don't think it's fair. Because as much as I love storytelling, Tupac told stories too, like Nas did. But Nas, if you, if you, if you can listen to Nas, you got to have a, a high brain frequency, is what I think. And Pac, like, simplified it for his listeners to where... He was like, yeah, no, nah, I see what y'all going through. Nas did too, but like I said, Nas wanted to move to Africa. Tupac wanted to take the whole hood. You feel me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, definitely. Did you listen to Nas's newest album, King Disease? I was surprised he had a song with Lil Durk on that. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. He brought in some right. newer acts on this album. It was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely dope album. I love, like I said, I love Nas. I mean, the relevancy, you know what I'm saying? He's been around since before me and you started college. Oh, way before. Way before. You know what I'm saying? Live at the barbecue, 94. It's 2020, man. Stop playing. He's been around a long time. Literally. Those would be my top five. Biggie, Jay-Z, Fab, Jada Kiss, Tupac Nas. Five A, five B. I probably <laughs> listen to every single album from all of them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So... Those are like my peers, even though I'm not their peer. That's who I came up rapping with. I was rapping like them. These were the styles that blended me. So now that they still doing their thing, those are still people that influence me as well. The rest in peace to Biggie and Tupac. Crazy how 23 to 24-year-old was so legendary and still you can play all of their music till this day till this day bro that's crazy right when i do go out i don't go out nearly as much as you know when we were running together but when i right. go out there's at least one tupac or at least one biggie song that comes on every time i'm out easily and i don't even have to play it somebody else easily does. and when them songs come on People go to craziest. No doubt. <laughs> you can play the newest song that just came out by Drake, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. And yeah, people are bumping their head. They're chilling. Drop, drop Biggie one more chance. Oh, yeah. If they not going crazy on the dance floors because they trying to buy the bar right now so they can look like Biggie them in their videos back in the day. Don't want Tupac. Come on, bro. Stop playing, man. You can even play him up. In the club and people gonna go crazy. Believe it or not, around here, I hear Hail Mary all the time. Hail Mary? Like, literally, bro. Just think about as soon as you hear that, as soon as you hear that beat drop, you instantly think about the video. And he wasn't even in the video, bro. All, they see, all you see was the Timberlands in the video. And the jeans that y'all was wearing. It wasn't pop. He was dead, bro. Man, stop playing, bro. R.I.P. Tupac and Biggie, man. And even if I feel like just, you know, being crazy, you know, getting some attention, throwing a song out there, I'll play I Get Around. 
dollar just for the same play, I get around. It's done. <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's done. Oh, it's done. I get around. Come on, man.
but that you enjoy listening to that has nothing to do with hip-hop or R&B? Whoa. Okay, so... No R&B and no hip-hop. That's easy, though. Sam Smith. Is that R&B? Uh, we'll go pop. We'll go pop. He's good. Sam Smith is in the top five. Pop works. Um, pop works for this. Let's go... George Michael. Does that count? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a good thing. These are not top five in any order. These are just five. I count Michael Jackson as definitely pop. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And I would say Prince as well. Yep. But I'm going to tie them together and only count them as one. Oh, okay, okay. I'm trying to think of the women. Beyonce. She's pop, for sure. She's definitely pop. And then... I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give another woman a shout out. Let me think. I gotta get one more. We're gonna ride with Adele on this. Nice. Good picks, man. I, I was surprised by the George Michael one. That that threw hey, me off. Hey, George Michael, when I say literally, my, my guy come over, he was like, I love the fact that I can go from listening to T.I. to George Michael in your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm like, I listen to all music. My mom, my mom, shout out to my mama. That's a real big musical influence on me. Cleaning up, you wake up in the morning on Saturday, and you hear that music playing already, you just look at your brother and be like, man, we finna have to clean the whole house. And now that you've gotten older, when you're cleaning, I bet you got music on. It ain't nothing but this music joint bumping, literally. Hey, when I say we, me and my guy, like I say, we over here, he was like, man, can I get a request? I gave him the remote. I said, you see, I'm just over here vibing. Play old J. Cole, old T.I., you know what I'm saying? We was just here. Old Kanye, we, we just here vibing, man. And the music, bro. Music is a wonderful thing, man. Urban legend, 2004. <laughs> Urban legend, what they know about that, man? <laughs> ASAP. Hey, ASAP, when everybody kept talking about he was going to get smoked by Jeezy, I was like, y'all drunk. I'm like, y'all just forgot about the songs, T.I. T.I. got y'all through the 2000 and 2010s, and y'all forget it. I said, but it's okay, that's what this verse is for. I wonder who they going to have. I definitely will be tuned in tonight for the Gucci versus Jeezy. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, I'm hoping, like, my, like I told my man Tito, I say, I hope both of them come out alive. They do it for the coach and the beef is squashed tonight. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. So can you imagine a Gucci and Jeezy song right now, bro? That'd be pretty epic. That would be epic. Oh, my God. That's going to make everybody forget about So Icy. Yeah. They will remember So Icy, but when you say the Gucci and the Jeezy song, they're going to think about this one if it happens. They ain't going to be thinking about So Icy. But yeah, I definitely would be tuned in tonight for the verses. I actually got off of the verses with, with uh, I'm going to keep it under wraps. But it was, it was me and the delinquents against somebody else, another collective. We might still end up doing it though. So stay tuned for that. Ah, that'd be cool. You got to uh, send me a link or let me know where we can find that at. Oh, you know I got you, baby. You know I got you. I know you as Mo. I'm going to start calling you Pesci now. I guess I got to update my name skills here. Hey, man, hey, bro, you can call me either one of them. Hey, you see it's still there. Mo is for the, old, for the old fan base. Pesci is for the new fan base. But you can call me either one of them because it works. Because I'm still Mo and I'm still Pesci. 
take that in consideration. Call you Mo Pesci. Thank you for the hey. thoughts back in the day. Thank you for letting me get served while I was underage. I do not condone hey, that. But when you're hey, in college, it happens. Hey, bro, what I say, the crazy part about it is I'll be going to the liquor store and whatnot, and then I see, I see us outside. He's like, hey, bro, you can, I say, I don't do that, little guy. <laughs> you, you done caught me when I was uh, 21, 22, I done took care of you. But right now, I can't condone that. <laughs> yeah, you don't know any better. I mean, again, that maturity thing, and you start to get older, and you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Now you're Oh, my God, what am I thinking? <laughs> yeah, now when those situations come back around, you're like, nope, I can't do it, man. I'm sorry. Nah, oh, hey, you got to get somebody else. Trust me, you're going to find somebody hot. Hey, he gonna be super cool. He gonna know everybody. He gonna take care of you. Promise you. But right now, I can't be that guy. Yeah, that is moved. I've moved on from that. Yeah, you did. Hey. man, the catch up. It has been. I left Carbondale in 2010. We've talked on Facebook here and there, but on the phone in person, it's been since 2010. This has been awesome to have you on Edge of Your Seat podcast and talk music, catch up. Man, much appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, next time when you have me on, we're going to just skip the music and we're going to catch up on our sports. You did? Oh, we will do that. We will do that. Hey, man. So, hey, the, the feelings I reciprocated 10 years, like you said, bro. It's been 10 years since we actually talked, talk. So, no, feeling is mutual. I appreciate being on here. Appreciate chopping it up with you. It was, it's always a blessing. Like I said, let's do, let's do our other love sports next time, though, all right? Yeah, we'll have you back on for sure. Once we get some shows going, you're on tour, got some hey. other stuff to talk about, we'll throw in some sports. It'll be great. All that literally, hey, I'm going to do it like I do it at my shows, then. I'm going to end it just like I started. Say it with me, y'all. Why?